Welcome to the Legend Rewind Podcast, presented by Hall Sports and Outdoors. I'm Rusty Ellis, and my guest this week is former Monterey offensive lineman Grant Hoover. In this episode, Grant talks about his time at Monterey, the coaches that made an impact on him, his favorite teammates, and what ultimately led him to choose Tusculum for his next stop in his athletic journey. Without further ado, here's Grant Hoover. So, Grant, let's just get into the beginning. What's your earliest memory of the game of football? I know that's probably going a little back for you, but what's the first thing you remember about the game of football? Uh, it had to be uh, Pee Wee's back when I used to play for the Stingers back in Baxter, Tennessee. I remember uh, Luke Wilkin being one of my coaches back in the day, and uh, he was somebody that made me really start into football. And, of course, I already wanted to play football because I watched – NFL games and was already really amped up to get into it, but he was the coach that really kind of helped me with my early, early years, as you could say. So you, you mentioned watching the NFL. I'm assuming, obviously, football is very, really, really important in your house. You've played it as long as you have. Uh, were there any teams that you followed? Or are, you, are, you a bit, are you more of a college fan or an NFL fan? Uh, I'm both. Okay. I like the from uh, – or uh, the NFL, obviously, because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and Julius Peppers and all them players. and uh, But uh, college, obviously, we got to go with Tusculum, my favorite <laughs> college. But uh, if we're talking about my favorite team to watch in college, it'll probably be Wisconsin. I just like the way they play football, the physicality they bring to the game. They're a heavy run offense, and I just love watching football like that. Wisconsin's an interesting one. That's probably one I haven't heard yet. When I, and as many of these as I've done, why, uh, why, what got you into Wisconsin to begin with? My favorite one, if you can remember him, was uh, James White. Uh-huh. He was he's, he was really good in the early days. There's Corey Clement. There's Jonathan Taylor. That's the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. There's Bo playing right now, obviously. Graham Burtz, Alex Hornerbrook, just all those players, and then. Just they always produce good offensive linemen. They're just I think they're their offensive line you like university. Like there's you go to Wisconsin, you're more likely gonna go in the first three rounds of the draft if you start. And it's it's a proven <laughs> fact they produce, I think, personally the best linemen at any university that, that's out there. Why do you think that is? I mean, you look at them down to the <clears throat> from the one to five. I mean, there's just a ton of them. There's Tyler, uh forget the dude's last name he's a starting center in the in the league you look at uh joe thomas mm-hmm. you look at people like uh that's a good good example of him i'm missing one or two it's really <laughs> bad missing them right now but it's kind of hard to remember i'm trying to think hey on the spot anything can be difficult that's no problem at all so was that again that's just really interesting because I'm so used to everyone just saying obviously the University of Tennessee you know especially being here in the heart of ball country like I am uh it's a little it's, it's a little different for me to hear someone not say Tennessee so uh NFL you said you followed who in the NFL you said the Packers right yes, sir. so the Packers I'm assuming was it kind of that same reason you're already following Wisconsin you just began following the Packers well who did you follow first uh who had the Packers my dad's mm-hmm. from Ohio and uh, so he was always a 49ers fan, and uh, he always liked Joe Montana. And when I was born, you know, I guess it was more of a, a petty 
rival. <laughs> just wanted to go and like the team that was the rival, and obviously back in the day. And now, the Packers and the 49ers are pretty decently big rivals. So mm-hmm. I like I follow the the Packers, and uh, the person who started me out with the Packers definitely had to have been Brett Favre. I loved mm-hmm. how watching watching him play, and and uh, we just. It was the first one to really start the 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 heavy passing high risk. He he was he, he kind of started the the generational of being able to go on the run and throw it sixty yards, and then Aaron Rodgers really opened it up to everybody. Because now everybody you're seeing everybody going and getting out of the pocket and and making high risk throws, but making them with good accuracy. People like Patrick Mahomes and and Herbert and and Joe Burrow, a lot of those players, they're getting that from, I believe, Aaron Rodgers because from a from a standpoint of just pure talent, you take away accolades, and this is I – mean, you can think it's biased or not, but personally, <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers from just a pure talent aspect of who can make the, the best throws out of anybody that's ever played, I think it, it's got to be him because the, that dude can make some insane throws. No, I definitely Still. think he's up there. I definitely think he's up there. If he did, if accolades wasn't a thing, obviously Tom Brady's the GOAT. He's the best player to ever play the game. He's got the Super Bowls. But if you take away Super Bowl rings and just based off of pure, sure talent, I think Aaron Rodgers just flat out hasn't beat pretty well on just talent-wise. You know what I mean? You sound like you've had plenty of these of these discussions before. We'll call them discussions, not arguments. You sound like you've had plenty of these before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I love it. Uh, so let's get back into your career a little bit. So have you always been an offensive lineman or when you were younger, did you play other positions? Well, uh, it's funny. Originally I played uh linebacker and uh, I guess you could say like more of a swing back, but sometimes I'd go in at fullback. Sometimes I'd play halfback okay. in middle school and throughout elementary school. And uh, then I got into high school. Started out at linebacker, uh, at tight end, and uh, I wasn't really – I don't know. I, I just didn't like linebacker, and, and my coach Hughes didn't think that it was really a good fit for me at the time, so I moved to DN my freshman year, and I'm playing DN at tight end. And then my sophomore year, I'm playing DN at tight end. So about three weeks before the first game, Two of our starting tackles got hurt for the season. It, I'm sitting at like 195 pounds to 200 pounds. A wet noodle basically tells me I have to go to right tackle. Keep in mind, our first game was against Sell Creek. Against that was the kid back that, when they had that. Yeah, they had that massive kid on their line. That, I remember that. But, yep. And he committed to Arkansas State. He was already committed to Arkansas State. And that was my first welcome to the football game playing offensive tackle. And <laughs> – I mean, it definitely could have went better, but I wouldn't have wanted it to start any other way, you know. Like, that's just how my career basically went this way, just getting thrown into the fire and just having to make make what's best what I have. So, I have to ask, when you lined up for the first snap of the game, when you guys had the ball and you saw that standing across from you, what's going through your head? I would be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't scared. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little bit scared, but obviously after a while, the nerves just calmed down and it's just football and you're just playing at that point. But his size definitely had a 
especially considering that he's a hundred pounds more than me and probably about eight, eight inches taller than me. I'm sitting there thinking, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking, is this my day? <laughs> yep. Basically. <laughs> well, I guess that, you know, you probably, I'd probably be correct in saying you probably never saw anybody with, with that kind of size in region play, obviously when you guys were at the one, a level. And I think even at, you know, two a last year, you probably didn't see anybody quite that size. How much did that help to kind of prepare you for the rest of what you were going to see at the high school level? It helped a lot. Definitely helped a lot going against someone like that. And honestly, uh, the kid was a great, he was a great player, no doubt about it. But if you want me to be flat out honest, there was a kid that was just as big as him. And it was my sophomore year. That really, really made me – it was two games that really stood out that helped me go and get to be able to play where I was. It was Gordonsville and Whitwell. Yeah. Okay. Gordonsville had the Clemens boy, if you remember him. Yep. He was massive, just a massive kid. And they had that other – I forget the, the kid's name, but he, he played on the D-line too, and he was also massive. That definitely was a – awakening game because just flat out honest I just got embarrassed in the Gordonsville game and then Whitwell they had a uh, defensive end that had been hurt all year and he had just won all state like two years before his sophomore and junior year and going into his senior year been hurt all year long and his first game back was against me and that was the probably the worst game I've ever played for my career I think I gave up like three sacks in the first half was that – I'm trying to remember because that would have been roughly when I first moved out here. Was that the playoff game two years ago or was that someone else? Yes, sir. That was the playoff game. First round, I gave up three sacks, and I just mentally and physically wasn't ready. I have no lies to tell you. Like, I wasn't ready for that atmosphere. And mm-hmm. after halftime, they uh, they took me out and they put in a, an older guy. And, I mean, we still ultimately ended up losing the game, but I still think that – that was still the best decision, even though he was taking me out and, and personally, like that probably wasn't what I wanted happening, but I still mm-hmm. believe that, that was the best decision that Coach Hughes could have made because I don't think I would have done any better than the kid that he put in for me would have done personally. So So we we hear a lot about, you know, performances like that, you know, fueling guys for the next season. I think obviously in the NFL, the biggest example of this has been Ryan Tannehill about how he said that his performance against the Bengals in the first round has really fueled him to want to, you know, do better. Did this game, did that game kind of have that same effect for you where it just made you hungrier to be better for your team? That game right there made me play with a chip on my shoulder for the rest of my career. And if you ever watched me play from my junior to senior year, I just, I didn't think about anything. Obviously I got stronger. Obviously, I got better in the playbook and and worked on my craft and worked on my footwork. But the one thing that I did lack was the confidence mm-hmm. of being out there and going out there and just flat out saying, I'm going to beat you. I know I'm better than you, and I'm that guy. And that may come – that they can come out cocky, but you have to have that sense of cockiness to be good in the game. You got to believe in yourself and, and be able to know that you can go out there and do it and – and just my effort yeah, when I played for my sophomore to junior and senior year is completely different because if I get a hold of you, I'm not stopping to the whistle blows. 
And if you're in the sidelines, so be it if you're in the sidelines. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. So how instrumental was was Scott Hughes? You know, obviously he was your head coach. I'm assuming very instrumental. But how much did he kind of help you take your game to that level and build that confidence within you? He definitely – he helped me a lot with technique and, and getting stronger. And obviously he still helped me while I'm at the next level right now. <clears throat> but the main thing he, he did that a lot of coaches didn't didn't wouldn't usually do I'm not going to say any of my other coaches didn't do this because they did do this but just constantly reassuring me that he believes in me even if I'm messing up and he was a big 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 help in in me being able to play uh, my junior and senior year the way I did and there was other coaches along the line that that I can't leave out because they're Mm -hmm. very important too you got uh you got Coach Van Winkle. You got Coach Norton. Uh, coach Van Winkle was the D-line coach or DN's coach, whatever you want to say. He he helped a lot on the defensive side of the ball. He he helped me with techniques and and uh, and just the best possible way. And he he played. He would come in and be the offensive line coach when he had to. And then Coach Norton was just great my senior year. He came in my senior year and and. Uh, he helped me tremendously, like like with small stuff, like small little technique things, and and just let me go and play at the just just flat out play. And and, and he he definitely uh, he was a great great addition to their coaching staff. And and you obviously have Coach Henry and and Coach Davis and and Coach Mike and all of them. They're they're great coaches, and they may not necessarily help me with technique and and doing all that, but all those coaches were were great for motivation and great for uplifting and, and, and showing me how to get the players to lead and to follow behind you and, and to uplift and, and how to conduct yourself as a man, just not on the field, but off the field. That was great for that. So that brings about an interesting discussion. I think you'll have a lot to say about, cause you know, obviously I think there's, there's pros and there's cons to being at a school that's the size of a 5A or a 6A or even a 4A. There's strengths that I've also always believed that, that there's you know strengths at being at a 1A or a 2A. And I feel like one of those is you get more personalized or individualized instruction where there's more one-on-one time. You've got more time for coaches to help individual players as well as the whole team. Did you find that to be the case while you were at Monterey? Coming from – I originally started at Upperman mm-hmm. uh, throughout middle – school and that was a bigger school and a little bit of high school like a little bit in the summer uh I definitely think that it helps out a lot expect not just with sports but in the classroom you have more one-on-one teaching and you have more uh just just being able to be more hands-on with you and they have more time and you're not just a number in their system you know what I mean mm-hmm. you look at Cookville they got 2,500 students there's no way that a teacher can go and put their hand or or just watch over a, uh, a student just constantly. And uh, that's just not possible genuinely because going to a, a smaller school helped out a lot because they, uh, they're, they're able to – put their hand on your life and, and make sure that you're well taken care of. And, and the same thing goes with coaching because 
I know plenty of people that's went to bigger schools before that their coach don't even know their first name the first <laughs> two or three years they're they're uh they're playing sports and then that's just not the case in Monterey it's you 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 mean something you can be a scout team player and I promise you every single one of the coaches know you and you could be a scout team player and I promise you every single one of the teachers know you and it and it's a great school and it, it's a misconception that just because it's small it's not a good school which is not the case I really don't think and obviously you get the the misconception of oh well one and two a like if you play anything below two you're not gonna have any aspirations of going and playing in college or or you're not gonna play better competition and and that's completely completely false it does not matter what classification you're in whatsoever and you find that out every single week there's multiple times we was a 2a school and we beat three and four a schools last year mm-hmm. and we was a 1a school and we beat three three and two when we was 1a and the prime example of that i mean you look it up and last year they went to the semifinals correct against yep. uh so Eliz- elizabeth and yeah Yep, they play Fayetteville. They lose to Fayetteville. Fayetteville's a 1A school. Mm-hmm. And they're 4A. Cookville loses to Upperman. Upperman's a 4A school. They're a 6A school. Classifications don't matter, man. I promise you they don't. <laughs> no, I've agreed. I, I've, I've said before that, you know, there's not too many 6A schools that I would take over a school like South Pitt. Like, there's not too many 6A schools that I would take over a program like, you know, at this current point in time, Upperman, just because they're, you know, as competitive as they are. Fayetteville's the same way. I think Gordonsville – I mean, Gordonsville's got 70 kids and they're a 1A school. Oh, yeah. Like, they got 70 kids on their roster and they're a 1A. That's – that to me is astounding because you look at, like, you know, Clay County, a school you guys have obviously played a lot. You know, you look across the side of them and they've got 30, 40 kids. And that's, you know, that's – on a good year, a 1A school might have that many. There are some 1A schools that that have 18 players. You know, I, I know Red Boiling Springs is probably going to have to play this week with 12 players because of suspensions. So, I, 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 I've always – I'm right there with you in thinking that classifications, they only mean so much. Um, I always believe a contending team from a smaller classification can beat a team that's rebuilding from a bigger classification. I think a prime example of that is Upperman-Cookville this year. Upperman dominated that game in every facet, even though Cookville's, you know, got probably 20, 30 more players than them. The classification only means so much. So let's talk about some of uh, – who are some of your favorite teammates to play? With? You've played with some really, really great talent there, and you've you've had pretty much as an offensive lineman, you've had a front-row seat to a lot of really, really good talent there. Who are some of your favorite teammates to play with? Uh, What are you uh, – you talking skill-wise, offensive line-wise? I mean, I, I, I'm sure, we, we can go skill, but, I mean, come on, you got to tell me there had to be – I know Scott Hughes probably likes to run a tight ship. You, get, you can't tell me there wasn't one or two class clowns in there, though. Class clowns? <laughs> you got my – second cousin Carter Charlton he was definitely <laughs> a big class clown and you know Carter yeah <laughs> uh, Elijah Sailors was definitely a class clown uh, Which that's amazing because he Scott Coach Hughes talks about him so much as one of the key pillars of that team it's amazing you I would have never known that he was that he was more of a joker oh he's a he, he definitely he's a good player <laughs> leads by example but that dude it's funny as all get out, and he's the type of dude that you could be having a bad day, and he'll say something that's the stupidest thing you ever heard of, but it'll make <laughs> your day better, though. 
I love uh, it. Who else? I'd say talent wise, obviously those two players are very talented. I, I'd say uh, skill wise, uh, you got Jordan Key. Mm-hmm. He's very, very, very skilled player, and you have uh, you got Chandler Bowden. He was a great receiver. Kevin Borjas, great receiver. Um, Mason Bowman, obviously, Mason Bowman's probably going to go down as the best running back in Monterey history for a while because I don't see anybody anytime soon. He's still got six more games or no, seven more games, and he's already beat the single season record or single, uh, the career record, career rushing record. And, uh, and there's so many, there's so many offensive guys. They had so many weapons. You got Shiloh Walker, he was a great weapon. And, uh, Renee Talon, he was a great kicker. Uh, offensive line wise, holy, there are so many offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Denver Smith, Sam Bilberry, Sammy Webb, JoJo Wright, all those dudes when I was a sophomore helped me so much. And then when going into my junior year, you got Anthony Soberanis, probably the best linebacker I've seen in a while, definitely in high school football. I don't, I don't think I've played against anybody better than him let alone played against anybody that was better than him either uh, at linebacker. And he played offensive line. You got James Henry. He was a great offensive line. Logan Davis was a great offensive lineman. Uh, Hudson Thompson was a young and upcoming offensive lineman. He's having a great senior season. And then going into my senior year, you had Cole Delrod. And Cole Delrod is going to be a great player one of these days. Uh, not that he's not a great player right now. He's, he's, he's a great young talent. But when he's a senior – I firm believer that that kid's going to be able to go play at a, at the next level. Uh, you got a lot of dudes out there, and then, then Matthew Montgomery. Yeah, can't forget him. He's <laughs> a, uh, he's a character, and I love Matt. He's a good friend of mine and a great quarterback. If you see from his progressions from my from his sophomore year to his senior year, you wouldn't even realize that it's the same person. Not only from a physical and his body looks but uh mentally and he's a great quarterback but he's an even better linebacker he's a he's a very capable of being an all-state linebacker this year if they keep playing him there mm-hmm. so you, you've talked about a lot of players the first that I wanted to ask you about was was Jordan Key because I feel like as an athlete in this area I'm not sure that Jordan got enough attention or enough I don't know if he got enough recognition for just how talented of an athlete he was. And I mean, again, you Jordan. saw him up close and you were, you were obviously on the offensive line. You're a big part of him being able to do that. What made Jordan a special athlete in your opinion? Jordan wasn't afraid of anybody whatsoever. And obviously Jordan had the speed and Jordan had the arm to throw 50, uh, 50, 60 yards. And, but Jordan was not afraid of anybody at five foot seven. Probably like a buck seventy, body, <laughs> and I've seen Jordan get in a fight. I think my freshman year, I saw Jordan get in a fight with a kid in Huntland for getting an unnecessary roughless kid that was probably three times bigger than him. And, and Jordan doesn't care. He's one of those dudes that he's going to take the blame for everything, and uh, even if it's not his fault, and Jordan's just going to go out there and play. He's going to going to be a great athlete, and I think. As far as just athlete-wise, and you look at just being able to run and elusiveness and 
just pure speed that everybody I've played from, nobody – I don't think I've played with anybody that's better as an athlete than him, genuinely. So, it's funny you said because I've interviewed Jordan like a couple of times, and it's crazy to hear him, you know, that he's one of those guys that's not afraid of anybody because I, I don't think any anyone loves having a camera put in their face. I wouldn't love it, and I was the one that had to do it for so many years. Uh, but – he never would have struck me as that guy that would have gotten, you know, into it on the field with somebody because of something like that. So that's really interesting to hear. Let's talk about um, Mason and Matthew. They're obviously both still there. They're having a really good start to the year. Uh, and they, you know, I, the game against York is whatever. I think, I think they'll bounce back from that. I'm not concerned about Monterey at all after that, but just talk about what, what, you know, the one thing coach Hughes talks about when he brings those two up is the work ethic. And the work ethic, and the you know the amount of work those two have put in. To, you know, Mason was great the moment he got to Monterey. They're both very different in that aspect. Mason was great the moment he got to Monterey as a freshman. He he was an incredible talent. Matthew kind of had to bite his time a little bit, had to experience some growing pains his sophomore year. But I think is now on both sides of the ball one of the better two way players in the area. They're both so different. But talk about what do you what you think makes those two great? Is it that work ethic that Hughes always talks about? I mean, two different players, obviously. And I'll, I'll start out with Matthew and end with Mason. Matthew is the type of guy that will outwork anybody and will go practice. He'll watch film more than anybody that I've ever seen before. Matthew's also the guy that when I was a junior or a senior, weighing 275 pounds and him only weighing 220 pounds, outlifted me on everything except deadlift. <laughs> That tells you something. <laughs> back in a linebacker, and it was a competition for a while, and then he just flat out got stronger than me, and and just passed me up, man. And but I don't think he has me now. I don't think he has me now. But <laughs> but he's a uh, just his worth is like work ethic. The kid's smart. He's one of the smartest kids I've ever seen in my life. Obviously, has a I think he has like a four point two, four point three GPA, great ACT score. He's a leader. There's many times that he stepped up as a leader my senior year and helped me out with that role a lot. Uh, he's he don't back down from anybody. He's got a little bit of that edge to him that he'll 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 he's got that that little edge to him that that he's gonna let you know uh, that he's there and he'll say he'll chirp back if he has to and he takes up for his players and and a lot of people look up to him and he's just a good kid and he's a great player. Then Mason, Mason's just, it, it's hard to explain Mason because when I went with, he, he's obviously smart, uh, great kid, and he's obviously got all the, the physical features, and he's probably one of like, it, it's either him or Jordan, obviously, that would be the best athletes that I've ever played with in my life. But a lot of that does with Mason has, a really big heart and I don't think there's anybody out there that wants to play football as much as Mason because mm -hmm. you see his runs and you see how he runs the ball he never gives up whatsoever like that one run against York that it looked like he was boxed in and he isn't, isn't scoring or getting a yard turns into a 60 yard run because he doesn't give up his big heart for the game and it's hard to find people that care and that will put that much effort and football means that much to them. But I think Mason has that. And I think Mason 
has the physical features and he has the, the skill and the God-given athletic ability on top of that, that's what makes Mason such a special player, in my opinion. So I have to ask, because I want your confirmation. You're the one that's out there with him. Coach Hughes has said several times that, you know, you know, everybody starts talking on the floor. Everybody chirps. Everybody talks a little trash. He says that Mason – he says, told me several times that Mason is never one of the guys that's talking trash. Is that true? That is 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> that is – okay. Mason's version of talking crap, and there's no bash in this. Mason's a very – very, 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 very – like, his parents have done a great job raising him. Well, well-mannered kid. Mason, I don't think I've ever heard him – and I wish I could be able to say this, but I can't, obviously. You've seen me play. I don't think Mason's ever cussed to the kid once or talked anything. His version of, of cussing is tell him to shut the freak up. <laughs> That's crazy to me. <laughs> or, like, like, call him at a uh, – a jerk or a, a butthole or something like that. It's like you're talking to a, uh, like a, a younger kid. You know what I mean? That isn't allowed to cuss. And that's that's. I mean that that's just a testament to what type of kid he is, and that that his parents done a great job raising him. I mean he 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 don't talk crap and he doesn't doesn't cuss, doesn't do anything. I mean he's just he's just a good kid overall. Like like Coach Hughes is saying, I've seen him get a little feisty on the field before because Coach don't see everything. I've I've seen it, but he's never he's never said anything that would get him a personal foul before. Yeah, of course. So that's kind of that, that's that's it's wild to me that uh, that somebody in this day and age wouldn't be. But I mean, I, I respect it if that's if he stays true to what he believes. I respect it. So that's 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 funny to hear that confirmed. So let's talk about your recruiting a little bit and just talk about why you ended up going to Tusculum. And what about that program really spoke to you whenever – I'm assuming you took visits there, right? Yes, sir. So what, what was it about Tusculum that really called to you and you felt like this is where you wanted to continue your, uh, your football career? Well, I had about – Tusculum was one of my last offers that I have uh, – I'd received. Oh, last – they recruited me late. I had – a bunch of other division twos and NIAs and uh, D3s. And I had a couple of Pioneer League schools and some PWOs, but Tusculum called me and I'd visited all those schools and something just wasn't right, like whatsoever. Like neither one of my parents could agree. One would like the school, the other one wouldn't like it or vice versa. Or I wouldn't like it and they would like it. Uh, and I didn't like I wasn't against going far, you know, but Coach Wiz, which he's not the head coach here anymore. And Coach Randall is my new offensive line coach. He's a great coach. And Coach Claw is also offensive line coach here. He's a great coach. But Coach Wiz, which is at Lehigh University now, called me up one day and told me that we had a great conversation and told me that that was a great player and a great young man. And we just got into a conversation about life. Like we wasn't even talking about football whatsoever. Didn't even start into football. The first thing he talked about was just life, how I'm doing. What's my goals in life? What do I want to achieve in life? What's my uh, perception on life? My views? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about certain things? What makes a man a man? You know what I mean? Like, like stuff like that. Like how do I get, uh, and he was a believer in God, and, and we, we started talking about God and, and how to be a better person. And, 
And towards the last, it was a 30 minute conversation. And the last three minutes of the conversation was about football. The last mm-hmm. three minutes he told me that he thought I was a good player. He wants me to get up for a visit and uh, that he has something for me and he's going to send it to me right after he gets off the phone. And uh, that stood out to me because as soon as after I hung up the phone, uh, he sent over the official offer, like the the text message and the, like the little picture, you know what I mean? Like saying that you've been offered like all the other kids. And that really just showed me something that he didn't even talk about my film. He didn't talk about hardly any of that didn't talk about football. He just talked, he just wanted to know what type of man I was and what type of person that he would be getting into their program. And that really shows me how much they care about what type of players are getting, not just based off of the talent they have, because you could have talent, but no freaking personality and no grit to you. You know what I mean? And, and that really stood out to me. And then when I went on a visit there, it was ridiculous. I mean, obviously Tuscan's a beautiful, I don't know if you've ever been here, but it's a, it's in the mountains. It's beautiful. The, I, some of the best views I've ever seen in my life. I can literally stand up outside my dorm window. I see the Smoky Mountains, literally. Like, it's it's pretty. pretty. Cool. It, it's pretty. And you there's so many. It it's, clo- it it's close to home, but it feels like home at the same time. Blue holes, creeks, country living, basically. <laughs> the campus is like a, an older style, style set-up campus. Nice stadium. Nice facilities now. They just got a new uh, weight room facility, uh, and, and all that was a great thing. But what stood out the most for me when I was on this visit is uh, we get there, and it's just me, one person. That's it. Usually visits are huge, but unless they're you're on your game day visit, it's one on one visits. That's it. That is it. Your one on one visits with their coach. They really get want to get to know you. And I sat there and talked to the offensive line coach about X's and O's when I got up there for 45 minutes, show me the campus around. And we went around and then they took me and my dad out to eat at uh, Aubrey's, paid for it all. We sat down with the head coach, just me and my dad, all, every single person on their coaching staff, almost every single one of them was there just talking to me, trying to get to know me. And it really felt like they actually cared about you. Because it's rare you get every single coach in one spot. Very rare. And when they did that, it's like they care and they actually want you and they actually care about you as a human being because they they made a promise to my dad they'd make sure that, that I was well taken care of and they've done nothing but proceeded that and excel in that. That's, just knowing that they cared that much mm-hmm. and they wanted me that bad to go and have just be one-on-one and have all the coaches there and to have my family and take my family out to eat. And, I mean, it was an expensive restaurant, too. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> to be willing to pay for that, even though they – like, I'm not signing the paper right then there and I'm not committed, really showed to me because at most visits they they give you a, a chicken sandwich and you're lucky to have, like, a, a five-minute conversation with your position coach. No, I sat there and talked to them the whole entire day, basically. And really got to get to know everybody. I, it's very rare that you get to sit down. From all the visits I've been to, you sit down and talk to the head coach for over 30 minutes. And I sat there and talked to him for an hour straight. Wow. Yep. And, and that's how I knew, like, this is it. This is it. And then my dad, he was already – he was goes for it. And my mom was go for it. And, and it's just 
one of those things that it's it just happened to be and and it's a great school and I'm glad I'm here now. So to close this out, Grant, since we're kind of running a little low on time, thanks to Zoom wanting me to upgrade, which I'm not going to do. Um, <laughs> uh, last thing, just oh, well, I like to close all these out. What is some advice that you would give younger athletes today to get to where you are, or to be able to get to where you are, where you're playing at the collegiate level, you're playing your sport that you love, and then what's also some advice that you would give your younger self? Don't dream too big, because the only dream that doesn't happen is a dream that stays on the pillow. It's a very, very just something I had to learn. And there's not a dream too big if you're willing to work for it. I promise you it's not. I never thought in a million years that when I was 200 pounds as a sophomore and 5'11", that I'd be playing at a very competitive Division two and being able to continue playing college football. I never thought that in a million years. But I wanted to do it. And I dreamed about doing it and I continued to work at it until I got to it. And as long as you're willing to put the work in, it doesn't matter what the dream is. I promise you will. And another big thing and is just being able to go and, and get close with God because you can do anything if you have him on your side. And I'm a firm believer in God and, and he's always put me in great positions and he's always helped me through hard situations and, and, I don't think I'd be here without him. I mean, that's just that's just how it is, in my opinion. Once again, that's former Monterey offensive lineman Grant Hoover. This has been the Legend Rewind Podcast presented by Holt Sports and Outdoors. For Upper Cumberland Reporter, I'm Rusty Ellis.